Welcome back to Chat Shit, a podcast with no Golden Globe nominations, which is actually kind of shocking considering that they were doling them out to the likes of Emily in Paris. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. I actually openly love how bad television can be sometimes, but I haven't even gone as far as watching Emily in Paris. I, I watched the first episode and I was like, because I, I really love Lily Collins. Like, I do like her and other things. And her big brows. And I just expected much better. It Like, do you know the way Riverdale is trash, but like, you would, like, we watch it. I was going to say you watch it, but not everyone does. No. <laughs> we watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But like, you can't, I don't know how people enjoyed Emily in Paris because it actually just isn't even fun shit. It's just really fucking shit. What good stuff did get nominated? Because I heard a lot of like bad, good stuff not getting nominated. Like I May Destroy You yeah. not getting nominated. Shocking. Yeah, well, on this note, uh, we we followed Dumois. We spoke about this like a week or two ago on the podcast. And Dumois are like a celebrity goss kind of account if you missed that episode. But they have had things up all day talking about how the Golden Globes are the bullshit like they totally are bullshit and apparently it's a known thing in the film industry that the, that the way you get golden globe is by literally being a lick arse. I mean and the like way you writing get a lot letters of and sending gifts. I was just going to say I was like based on any of my life experience that is that is how you get anything. That's life, eh? <laughs> you have to be a lick arse. But um yeah there's there's plenty of lick arses that we do like that got nominated. Like friends of the podcast Emma Corrin and Josh O'Connor both up for the crown. Yup, kids. Also, I now to be fair to a lot of the stuff that's nominated, I haven't seen a lot of it because, okay. especially the films, obviously, because of the big C word. The big C. But fucking Hamilton is nominated. Did Hamilton not come out twenty years ago? No, it only Why came out. Hamilton it came there? out in lockdown. <gasps> it came out actually last the th- last third of July. Like, F in the chat for other drama students who fucking hate Hamilton and are sick of hearing about it. <laughs> I feel like I've been listening to people harmonise on Hamilton songs for about 10 years yeah, of my life. Yeah, actually this does stage. feel like it's been around the block for, like, at least six years. Like, I'm sick of it. Like, Lynn Miranda. What? Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Lin Lin-Manuel Miranda sings. Fuck off. I'm sick of listening to him. Other friend of the podcast, Viola Davis, gotten on, as well as Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I feel yep, like we're yep. calling some of these Golden Globes. Any of the ones that we did watch and were like, awards, they did get an on. I feel like Chadwick is going to sweep his category. I don't feel like there's much competition. Yeah, um, I think it's actually much tighter for women in film this year. Yeah. Now, actually, I think the SAG nominations came out earlier, but I haven't seen the noms yet. And they're normally sort of a better judge, I think. Honestly, I'm here pretending I have a bloody clue what you're talking about. I haven't even read the nominations. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I All I know is that um, three directors who are women got nominated for Best Director, which is crazy because yeah, they've only had one but eight three. ever. So they've never had more than one woman in the category. Um, yeah. But all three of them are looking well. I can't wait to see all yeah, these movies. Three legends. Yeah, so it's Regina King with One Night in Miami, Chloe Zhao with No Man Land, which we actually already talked about on the podcast, but we haven't been able to yeah. find anywhere. And Emerald Fennell, who um, did Promising Young Woman, buzzing to see that. I'm dying to see that, yeah. I I've seen a couple of people talking about that. it. Yeah, take I it. think if anyone else is like also searching for these movies and doesn't want to watch like a shitty online version of them, I think that there is a couple of film festivals coming up that are going fully online and you will be able to like buy tickets to watch it online. Yeah. Um, I know Minari is... I don't know actually did that get a nom here, but I think it's probably going to get noms elsewhere. Actually, it did. It did get a Golden Globe nom. It's in the best foreign language. But yeah, I really want to see that. And I I was looking for that the other day and there is some festival showing it that you can access from Ireland. I'll find out what it was and yeah. like link it on the Instagram or something. And if we have but, any um, more of them where we know ones that are good, we'll share them on the Twitter and stuff just to keep everyone in the loop. Yeah. Shits Creek also sweeping up in the TV categories. Shits Creek got five noms for TV and what was the other one? The Crown got six. They were the highest. Good job um, to the lads, you know. Yeah, I feel like Shit's Creek should win all the categories they're in. I'm kind of like, ah, what I've Go seen on, of these, they have it in the bag. Um, also, Normal People got a nod for best, um, what is it called, limited series, but it's in with Queen's Gambit. And like, 
as we've seen and the last few weeks. unorthodox like, as well. Unorthodox too, actually. Yeah, also brilliant. But like we've seen people fucking, they're mad for orphans and chess. So yeah, I think Queen's Gambit might steal that one. Um, dying at the RTE entertainment thing like congratulate the Twitter account congratulated Daisy Edgar Jones I mean the same tweet was like Paul Meskel was snubbed and you're like okay who wrote this tweet and can you just be happy for someone for freaking once in your life also Daisy Edgar Jones has been snubbed for the fucking past year yeah if like you know it really really bothers me right and it's so bloody petty but I get really annoyed when like like young stars shoot to fame off of shows like Normal People and Bridgerton and then you go on to follow them on Instagram and the men have like double the amount of followers mm. and I'm like okay yes. everyone needs to learn one thing men are bad at social media like almost every man I know is bad at social media so I feel like Phoebe Bridgers men? gave Paul Meskel half his following to be honest yeah no parents, there's a hot take for you girls do you want to know what I did this is a uh, this is well, the opposite I when when Paul Meskel became famous I unfollowed him <laughs> I was like I can't do this anymore <laughs> No, guys. Here's here's um some sneaky info for our listeners. He used to follow Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. It's it's literally like, I I am actually beginning to blank out on that phase of my life. Like, who is she? Remember when Friend I was the cool? podcast Paul Mescal. Remember when I was hot and sexy and cool like a year and a half ago before Paul Mescal filmed <laughs> normal people. And Remember when me. Paul Mescal used to watch my Instagram stories? Yeah. No, that was actually a fever dream. <laughs> Well, fuck you, Paul. We're going to be winning Golden Globes next year. He's, so He's actually <laughs> not invited on the podcast. He's one of the few... I'm the superior Kildare bitch no. anyways, so... Yeah, no, the only Kildare bitches we want on are you and Ashling B. Yeah, we don't do North Kildare. Pup Newbridge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what else have you been up to this week? What have you been listening to, watching, reading? I am back on my Louis Theroux buzz. You say that like you ever got off your Louis Theroux buzz. <laughs> Do you know what? When I was thinking of things to talk about this week, I was like, I haven't mentioned him yet. What? And that's embarrassing. Yeah, that is bad. Actually. Yeah, Louis Theroux is like a large part of my personality. Um, Did you have a my Louis Theroux birthday cake? Birthday party. Yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a Louis Theroux birthday cake for my 21st. It was a picture of Louis Theroux pointing at swans and going, look, it's a swan. Um... <laughs> on the on the trash in instagram because that is yeah i'll find i don't even know if i took a picture of it i was fairly fucking jarred by the time the cake came out but um yeah <laughs> louis through was on my cake but we haven't spoke about him and louis through has a podcast and it's like really fucking good have you listened to any of it um i actually haven't because i've only listened to him on other podcasts which is really fun because he comes okay. onto a podcast and you kind of think he's going to be like quite a composed individual is this his off menu episode oh he is as loose as anton he's loose his yeah. choices are so like you just you expect him to be a little bit more refined or something because yeah, he's fairly he, posh this is the thing you once again it comes back to expecting men to be good at things he does not have <laughs> a refined palate he has an interesting palate i would have ate pretty much everything he he, he mentioned I actually he made intre- he made choices he made choices but his podcast C. anyway he ha- he makes choices with his guests he has really really cool people on so I've, I I tend to like not listen to all of them I just like pick the ones where I would like to hear those people talk yeah um my favorite one that he did I think was with Helena Bonham Carter because this is actually wild they're just not in the same age category or the same world in my head like, she's just otherworldly. She doesn't know real people, do you know? Helena Bonham Carter just exists separately to yeah. everyone else. But um, they went to school together. And it's really funny because he, it, by the way they speak to each other on it, it sounds like he may have had a little crush on her in school. Because she was, Aww. like, a few years ahead of him. Uh, and at one point he, like, asks her, he's like, D- do you remember me from school? And she's like, no, but I remember your brother. <laughs> And you're like, oh, Louis. Uh, who else? He has Chris O'Dowd on. That one's really funny. Um, he has, we were just talking about her, Michaela Cole on. I actually haven't watched um, her show, but she's I've watched her some of her really work, but I actually think that during a global pandemic watching I May Destroy You, it might, it, it's not even May. It bloody will destroy me. I need to like, take a break up, yeah. from uh, shows that are making me want to weep. 
Yeah, I'm still only two episodes into It's a Sin because I just don't want to cry anymore this week. Um, he, he also, he has fun people on his side. He has R- Rylan Clark, do you know, your man who's yes. on X Factor? He is on it. His one is actually, his one's really interesting. He's so different to what you expect him to be like because he sort of talks about how like Rylan is almost like an alter ego. Like he's actually kind of reserved or something. Yeah, he did. He came across really well. He did the Christmas Taskmaster. Oh, did he? Yeah. I thought he came across well and I was like, oh, remember him. He's he's really cool on it. And then another one I listened to was Leah Remini. She's like, now we were only talking about her in our friendship group chat there recently. I only know her from the fact that she was in Scientology and now is not and regularly does interviews about it. But she's an actor. She was an actor. Her interview is really interesting. Like she she talks about Scientology and about mm. leaving it and the effects it had on her and stuff. But like I don't know, that interview was really weird. I thought it was she was really angry at him or something. Oh, I was yikes. like, Louis hasn't done it. Yeah. It was a bit of a like I don't know, do you ever listen to something you're like, Oh, this is a bit uncomfortable at times. So like I don't know, if you're interested in Scientology, listen to that one, but it wasn't like my, my favourite. But I listened to a really good one this week where he was interviewing FKA Twigs. I wouldn't call myself like a big FK Twigs fan. Like I've listened to some of her music and I think mm. she's really like cool. Um, do you know someone you just look at and you're like, oh, vibes. Yeah. And yeah, she's just like one of those people who like, I haven't got severely interested in, but anytime I see her, I'm like, ah, oh, she's cool. Like I like her. And she's on anyway. And she's talking like, she's so interesting. She sort of talks about like all these things that she's learned to enhance her performance. Uh, she, she went and learned like, pole dancing she went and learned like some kind of martial arts sword fighting thing all to like do on stage while she sings but then there's also like really serious parts like she had she now she does name i can't remember what it was i think it was like growths on either her uterus or her womb that she had to have removed and she thought like she wasn't going to be able to dance again and stuff and actually she used a really good phrase about this she she was like um she said it was her fruit bowl of pain, the things oh. that she had to get removed. It's <laughs> like you were gas. That actually, um, that that was the most relatable phrase to compare <laughs> what my period pain feels like. Fruit, her fruit bowl, bowl of, of pain. pain. I was like, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. She also yeah. Uh, talks about white boy of the month, Robert Pattinson, as well as she famously went out with him. And yeah. she addresses it like quite openly. Like Louis Theroux kind of brings it up and is like, "Look, we don't have to like talk about like your past relationships if you don't want to." But he's like, "Obviously, it was quite public, and you got quite a bit of abuse because of who he was." And she talks about like, and it's it's really horrible. Like she was talking about how you know, like his fans would not only abuse her because she was his girlfriend, but they would also like throw racist stuff at her and like because she hadn't really experienced like online hate I suppose before she ended up like having like body dysmorphia and stuff from the stuff that people were saying about her and she she's only kind of like recovering from that now and it's like fuck that's shit and then she (laughs) in the words of Anna Shea no dick is that good (laughs) no dick is that good but to be fair like she actually doesn't talk like shit non-fondly of him like it sounds like they're pretty mature about everything that would be so stressful but, if you really liked someone and like things were going well but like everything around you was telling you you shouldn't do it and it's like yeah. not your fault oh yeah yeah it doesn't sound like things ended badly there or anything it just sounded like maybe there's a lot of pressure from other sources but then the interview is kind of mad so they're just kind of talking in general about lockdown about her album um magdalene which is kind of based on mary magdalene how she relates to her and stuff and all that's really interesting but at the end there's this like kind of twist I suppose where the interview ends and then Louis Theroux like kind of talks in like an interval being like FK Twigs that was recorded in I think it was like September and she recently got back in touch with me to have another conversation (coughs) sorry I have a cough COVID but then she comes back on and she's basically like look in our previous conversation you were asking me about lockdown and what I've been doing and I was telling you that I was making a new album and she's like I was making a new album but I was also dealing with all of this other shit and she talks about the abuse case with Shia LaBeouf which like oh my god it's like it's so crazy like the stuff that he was and it was like nearly all do you know like really manipulative things like 
she had to kiss him so many times a day and he had to reassure him so many times a day oh, and he would like yuck. take take count of things and all this crazy shit but like they have a really good conversation about it i think that's yeah, a really, really cool good conversation like, obviously she must be super super comfortable with the way he was interviewing her for her to want yeah. to go back and continue the conversation and take it to such a place that that is quite dark like yeah and like I kind of feel like the way it came about was that she felt like she'd maybe been dishonest in the first interview, but like she wasn't at all. She was just talking about other things going on in her life. And I'd say there was maybe legal restrictions on what she could say about that at the time. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, she wanted to come back on and talk about it. But like, it was such a good discussion because they brought up like, you know, Louis asked her, and I think he's asking her, he doesn't ask this in a like a dumb, misinformed way of like, why did why didn't you leave? He's sort of asking her that, I think, to get her to go on to how that's a bad question to ask yeah and she's like why why does why do people always ask the abused person why didn't they leave why don't they ask the abuser why they like held them hostage with abuse and like the conversation is just so good she's so eloquent she speaks really well like even though she's like quite emotional during it all she like gets everything out and I'm like oh my god you were amazing <laughs> you'd honestly be in bits if you had to talk about something like that never mind talking about it to louis theroux who i feel like yeah while having a warm caring vibe it would also be hella intimidating oh yeah he's so like he's very inquisitive and like he does sort of there's lots of moments throughout but even in, like the first section of the interview there's lots of moments where he sort of asks a question and is like you don't have to answer this if you don't want to um like he is very nosy like classic louis theroux he's gonna ask shit that other people won't but yeah. she answers everything and yeah, she's she's really cool. It's made me a very big fan. I've gone and listened to more of her music since because I'm like, she's a really cool person. Yeah, I, I've actually literally just downloaded it there. Uh, I'm going to have a It's so to that. good. Sounds good. I've been watching a weird YouTube channel. I, so I don't know about you, but this week it feels like it's actually not been a great week for stuff to watch. Oh, there's been nothing. It actually Absolutely feels like, like a I've just been scrolling on TikTok. Yeah. So instead of scrolling on TikTok, because I was doing that for a couple of days and I was like, this is actually... It's all I do. It's, I was like, this is actually making me a bit agitated because everything's so short. I went onto YouTube mm. and I found some um, video essays that were like maybe half an hour, some of them, and some of them were only like 15 minutes. Okay. But it, it felt like kind of the length of a show, almost, in some cases. But I found this YouTube channel called Broey Deschanel, which first off, hilarious <laughs> channel name. Um, so good. And it's this girl who does video essays about like film and television. And I found the channel through a really good video that they had recently called Have We Grown Out of Gossip Girl? Because I was like, oh, this kind of looks Ew. interesting. And it's kind of like um, the new Gossip Girl reboot. Does it? Ha- Are they rebooting Gossip Girl? Oh my God, do you not know about this? I just <gasps> didn't know that, no. I've literally... I. Now, I was not the biggest Gossip Girl fan back in the day, but I'm very curious about this reboot because they've got an awful lot of shit to fix. But... I really, I only watched the first season. Well, not even the full one. I got, I'm, you know me, I'm a devil for like, if I suspect something, I will Google it to find out and then I'll ruin yeah. the show for me. I suspected who Gossip Girl was Straight in away. the first season and I Googled it and I was right. Do you know, they, they, they had it, they had someone else and it was originally going to be serena's brother and because oh. he he shot up in the um the bookies bets and because they didn't want to conform to that they changed the whole ending to make it dan and created all the plot holes spicy mm. but okay. it was, it, the essay was really really well done because it talked about how gossip girl when it started in the first couple of seasons had such a clear aim and goal and like it was escapist television and it was about these rich kids mm. and then when the financial crash happened they lost the run themselves because they didn't know if they should cover their ass and kind of be like, oh, being rich is kind of bad or continue the fantasy. Mm. So they tried to do both and succeeded in neither. So now it's kind of like, what? how are they going to try and slot into the, the changes in the world? Yeah. Because first, like, obviously that show was very bad when it came to stuff like sexuality and sex like there was so yeah. many dodgy rapey scenes in that first um consent yeah consent was bad but then like there was no characters that's were really like interesting and not white and you're like that is so bad yeah. but the current cast there's like loads of pictures of them sitting outside the met in like that that spot that they were sitting in before and it's very diverse cast but sometimes... Okay, sometimes, oh, they're not bringing back the old cast, no, it's a new no, cast. No, it's a brand new cast. 
but like oh okay cool i was just gonna say i was like are they bringing them all back yeah the whole thing is like the 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 essay goes into it much more eloquently than i ever would be able to but i really enjoyed it but because it was like is this show going to go back and try and fix all the problems that it made with the first one or do we Mm. think it's going to try and like just showcase problems in a different way or like basically the, the big question is will it continue will it be successful since will the, it fit now yeah Why since now the television landscape has changed will it change or will it stay the same and it was just really really cool yeah. so yeah i think that one was like 30 minutes long but like it flew i was so into it they have loads of yeah, other good I love ones shit like that. They have one on parasites that's kind of a bit shorter and about like Ooh. why parasites should t- like terrify us. There's one Sophia Coppola's movies and the like um like the pretty white girl sort of trope. Oh yeah. Um they have ones on Wes Anderson, on Tiger King. So like if you're interested in like popular film and television, there's definitely gonna be something in there that spikes your interest. So I would give them a little check out and subscribe. I think they do videos every two weeks. But I really enjoyed the ones that I've seen so far. I've been watching some popular television. Oh, look at that for a segue. Who are you, a podcaster who's on week 14? Who am I? Is she a professional now? Give her an award. Sponsor us, please. Where's my Golden Globe? Golden Globe for podcasting segues. (laughs) Yeah, I've been (laughs) specifically for segues. Yeah, great. Yeah. I think we've got the title so, there now, girl. I have been watching The Wilds on Amazon Prime. So shout out to friend of the podcast, Eva Brown, who was letting me use her Amazon Prime um, login. And then I was like, do you know what? There's actually a good bit on here. And as much as I don't like Jeff Bezos and giving him money, I was like, fuck <laughs> Happy I'm retirement, buy- Jeff. Yeah, happy retirement, Jeff. Here's six euro. I'm going to subscribe for a month. Um... So yeah, I like bought myself a subscription so that I can watch loads of things within the space of a month. As we all know, I was watching Trapped, the Icelandic TV show, which I is the best thing ever. Go watch it. But yeah, this week I was watching The Wilds and it is... Jesus, oh, how do you even describe it? It's... I saw a Guardian article where they described it as uh, a mixture of Mean Girls and Lost. Oh, I've that, never seen that's Lost, really but cool. I'm assuming that's a good description. Yeah, it's uh, it's it follows a group of girls who are left stranded on like a deserted island after a plane crash, and the way the episodes operate. Now I've only watched three of them, and I think there's ten. But the way the episodes okay. operate is they kind of jump between their lives before the plane crash, their lives right. on the island, and their lives after they're rescued and they're being interviewed by. These two guys, I'm. A, they don't say what they are, but I'm assuming they're like FBI guys or like psychologists or something. Okay. But like, it is very good. It's very like you know, young adult um vibes. Like I don't know if it's based on a book or what. Um, the girl who wrote it is called Sarah Stryker. That's and a badass name. She sounds like she's murdered. It someone. is. It also sounds really familiar, but um, I didn't have time to go look up the other things that she did, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So I, how many girls is there? There's like, there's eight of them, I think. And each episode so far, the structure has been like, each episode sort of focuses on one of them and how they came to be on this island. And the reason that they're going there is because they're all going on this like all girl retreat, like a wellness retreat thing. Okay. But in the first episode, there's something a bit off about everything that happens. Like none of them can remember the actual crash. It's like they're on the plane one minute and then they're washed up on an island the next. And right, screaming cold shit. Ah Yeah, and then as it goes on yeah, as it goes on, there's just all these sort of hints that something's a bit amiss. And then there's this other character introduced at the end who is watching them all on screens. So it's some kind of like social experiment and there was a ninth girl. Um, who went to the island and was part of the crash and everything, who I think was a plant, was part of this like social experiment and was in on it. But she actually died. She had like internal bleeding. Nice. And yeah, that like that's one of the hints as well, because they're all like, who has a phone? Who has a phone? And none of them can find their phones because they're like in the ocean. And that girl, when she dies, they bury, this is like 
this is a bit of a spoiler, obviously, but like it's the first episode, so fuck it. But um, they bury her. She dies, and they bury her. And then in the middle of the night, one of the other girls hears a phone ringing. Oh my god, no one is in her pocket. It's the dead girl's phone, and she ah. never said that she had a phone oh. on her. Oh my god, stop making me want to give money to Jeff Bezos to watch this. Yeah, it's it's really good. Now, the only thing I will say is, I think I was saying this to you during the week, where I think, and I'm actually, when I looked up who wrote it, I was expecting it to be a man, because some of the characters so far, I personally think, are poorly written, in that, like, not poorly written as, like, women, but poorly written as teenagers, because, like, there's one character on, I actually don't even know all their names yet, but she's just so angry all the time, no matter what anyone says to her. And like, maybe it's a trauma thing, like they have been in a yeah. fucking crash. But she's just snaps at everyone all the time. And you're just like, ah, here, like. Yeah, you know, yeah. Teenage there's... girls aren't that bad. Like, they're not that bad. Yeah, you can usually get the vibe that someone who is either much older and maybe has a teenager and thinks that straps are the most normal thing in the world. I don't know. I don't know what like an insane amount of stroppy teenagers. I think I, was a, do I. I, was, I think I was relatively pleasant considering the amount of hormones that were rushing through my veins age 14. Yeah, but like for the most part, like they actually are well written and they're dealing with like themes and topics that people do deal with when they're a teenager. But yeah, I'm very interested to see where this sort of like, like, why are they there? Why are they part of this? Is it a social experiment? Like, what is it like a big brother? Is it like Hunger Games? Like, what exactly are we watching? What's the end goal? And That's what I'm very excited like, to see. It's like 10 episodes, is it? I think it's eight or 10. I can't remember. Okay. But there is a season two. So I'm imagining it's going to end on a cliffhanger. Right. I think they're like currently making season two. In season the cast two, is also super diverse too. They're super, super diverse bunch of gals. And they're all like, I didn't know any of the actors. like, So I'm assuming most of them haven't really done much else, which is yeah. quite exciting. And they're all great. They're all really, really like class. So between this show and the next show that I am going to give a cheeky wreck to, we have to talk about being 13. <laughs> oh my God, yes. During the week, I sent Ali a tweet that was basically like... Um, Becoming an adult is basically realising all the things you liked at 13 were cool. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up having a chat about it. So we asked you, what advice would you give yourself age 13? And yeah, we got some wild answers as well. Yeah, I think it's a fun mix of like wholesome things and gas things. <laughs> yeah, like when, when we put this up, I was kind of like, we put it on Instagram and the Twitter and I was like, oh, Lisa, like, we're either going to get like really fucking heartbreaking or heartwarming earnest answers or we're going to get really stupid stuff. But we actually thankfully got a fairly solid mix of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. over on Twitter, uh, I threw it up and Laura McNamara said, I'd tell me I was right to love Twilight as much as I did. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have that Um yeah, I think at the minute. That being a teenage girl means being constantly ashamed of the things you like because society thinks they're bad. So being I love a being girl a, means yeah. constantly being ashamed of the well, being attempted to made feel shame. Yeah, being an adult woman now who who's lost the ability to feel shame about many things, I'm so I'm. It's great. I can watch any piece know of what? shit and no one can tell me I'm wrong. Thirteen-year-old me, and I literally, I think I'm saying this to you during the week, or maybe I said to Jen. I was actually admirably shameless. Like, I loved the Jonas Brothers with all my heart when I was 13. And I didn't get, like, it wasn't cool to like them then either because they were like Disney. I had posters of them in my locker. I I used to draw them all the time in art class. I used to tell everyone everything about them. Like, I was a fucking news reporter on the Jonas Brothers at school. And I was like, fuck it. If, if other people, I don't care that other people don't like them. Like, that's your loss. Like, my, my general thought process was, it's your loss that you don't like them. My God, what I actually like, really huh? didn't care and looking back that is I'm like it. Jesus fair play do you know what that is that is the confidence of being an only child who doesn't have a sibling to bully you mercilessly <laughs> every single is. day of your life yeah only child privilege <laughs> yeah. and like my ma just was like fucking sick of listening to me so like I had to talk about them at school because I didn't have anyone else to... <laughs> I actually lies I used to ring Megan Clifford friend of the podcast I'm not joking every single night I would ring Megan on our home phone 
and we didn't have like free calls but Megan had like free calls to landlines or something after 6 p.m so I would ring her home phone it'd usually be her dad who'd answer it I'd be like hi is Megan there can you get her to ring me and then she would ring me back and then we would Iconic. talk about the Jonas Brothers every night for at least How an hour like not run out of stuff to talk about I, that's that is a question for I don't know podcast um I do not know and I'm I'm loving how um, some advice is the polar opposite of each other. So Natasha Duffy on Twitter was saying, "Don't start smoking. Boys would be very annoying. Learn an instrument instead." And I was like, oh, "Wow, yeah. what a good idea!" But then on the flip side of that, is this on, James on the Instagram? Yeah, grow up and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I, I saw oh, that no. I was like I actually laughed out loud when I saw that I was like that's so funny <laughs> oh yeah lots of people popping in with the uh, smoking suggestion being like I wish I never smoked except James here who's just like yeah go on James like yeah go for it you're mad thing I definitely feel Natasha on the learning instrument thing because I feel like like my primary school and my secondary school were super musical and I feel like I picked up multiple instruments and learned them to an extent but I did not master a single instrument. Yeah. And master I would love to have had one that I stuck with. Yeah, but if you if you do it for long enough, you, you will master it. So imagine I had stuck with trumpet since I was 10. It could be me playing the trumpet on Harry Styles' Fine Line album. It could be me, but it's not. <laughs> Ripped that dream. R.I.P. dreams. See ya. Oh, we have another good one from Aoife who is Suburban Gothic on Twitter. Aoife says, I'd tell myself to take off my knee-high converse. <laughs> How was I'd the tell sweat you that out But like, um, like, what, were they very sweaty? I have so many questions about people who wore knee-high converse. I have questions about people who wore knee-high converse into their 20s. Why? Why do, that's like, I feel like that's like the female equivalent of wearing a fedora. <laughs> Isn't yeah, it? Like people right. who wear them now, like girls who wear them now are like maybe the equivalent of incels. <laughs> Hot take Hot of the week steaming. there, folks. Steaming. <laughs> but um, um, I actually really wanted these when I was younger. And oh. my ma was like, no. <laughs> my ma actually used to tell me I would look like a hooker. That's what she used to say. I'm like, what? 13 that year old is, that me is, is like, gothic hooker. That is a hooker you'd find outside cool. Central Bank. I'm obsessed. Yeah, also like, <laughs> shut up, ma. Get a grip. I just wanted to be Avril Lavigne. That's all I wanted. But um, now looking back, I'm like, thank you, Jackie. Thank you for talking me out of that. But also like, my legs would not have fit in them. They wouldn't have laced up. Yeah, also, this is what I find really strange. I thought about it this a lot for someone who didn't have them. What are the storage options for long converse? Do you just kind of have to fold them over and wrap them around? Like, what I'd are you imagine, supposed to yeah, do with you'd them? I'd imagine, yeah, you'd fold them, you'd roll them down. But then if you left them there too long, they'd get all creased. And then it'd look like your legs are all wonky. Well, it's not like they look nice on in the first place anyway. I have many questions. <laughs> I, I have done. questions. I have questions. Connor Burke sent us in a good one. Oh. Connor had two things. So, first of all, he said he would tell himself to come out and not wait until he was 17 to do so. Yeah. And then he also said he would tell himself to misbehave more in school. He wants to go back to school and get a detention. Yes. Yeah. Similar vibes to um my friend Amanda who responded and said um kiss lots of boys and I think yeah once you're a bit yeah. older you're like I should have done more stupid shit <laughs> yeah this is so on the vibe of last week like in book smart you get to a point where you're just like oh my god it's not all like doing well in school sometimes you do just need to like let loose I feel yeah. like I was very uptight maybe until like ty in school yeah in that like I was like I do have to do well but yeah, I never got attention. I rarely got in trouble. I only used to get in trouble in music because <laughs> my teacher just hated me. And me and Kelly, shout out Kelly, my best friend from school, we just used to never shut up and we'd get separated or like moved or given out to. And we're, oh, It was just because I wouldn't play trumpet. <laughs> I didn't want to play trumpet anymore and my teacher hated me. She's like, 
but that's such a unique instrument and you will do so well in the fucking junior cert. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to like play the tin whistle or something. And then me and Kelly got to a point where we were like, fuck it, we're just going to talk as much as we want. Every do other you... class, I was an angel. I Nothing's you... changed. I'm, I'm such a goody two-shoes. Um, another good one for Amanda is, for God's sake, blend your eyeshadow. <laughs> a mood. Yeah, those pictures, eh? They don't lie. We weren't very good did at you, it. What colour eyeshadow did you wear? I, I was mad for the blue. I was also mad for the blue now. I loved good pop colour. I did multi-shades. I had a bright blue on the lid and I had a dark blue in the crease. And one of my things for what I would tell my 13-year-old self is because I used to do my makeup and I used to be so proud of the eyeshadow, even if like, it looked shite. But I used to think it was class. But I would always like look at magazines. Like I used to collect M Magazine and like J14, all those like American gossip ones. And I would see pictures in them of girls with blue eyeshadow and be like, okay, I have the eyeshadow bit, but I still don't look like them. And apart from the fact that they're literal models, it was the fucking eyebrows. And I wish I could go back and just tell 13-year-old Ali, the reason you don't look like the magazines is because you're not shading your eyebrows. That's why you look weird. (laughs) I have a list here, actually, of the ones I would tell myself. Oh? So, um, number one. The girlos are not your enemy. Misogyny is. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I took out so much of my anger on other women when really I should have been taking it out on everyone else. I think we all did though. Yeah, two teenage boys do not deserve the investment. On that one, do you know what? I would, And this isn't like necessarily 13-year-old Ali. This is like teenage Ali in general. And teenagers, if there's any teenagers listening, if your friends all think that some lad is an idiot or mean, or rude, or arrogant. Maybe listen right. to them. Yeah, they're Maybe dead Maybe listen right. to them. If everyone is saying something, it's probably true. Yeah. Don't defend them in your head because you fancy them. Your friends are right. <laughs> this is something else everyone should be screaming from rooftops. Um, The overs in the X Factor aren't old. <laughs> oh my God. Stop. Yeah, I used <gasps> to think those were old people. Now that's where I am. I'm not old. was like elderly when we were watching X Factor. Yeah, been. Uh, another one is stop pretending you get jokes about Friends. You don't have Sky TV and you don't think Friends is funny. <laughs> you don't have to make We TV were already jokes, talking girls. about this. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Lisa were talking about this during the week. Neither of us watch or like get Friends. But another one, I've never watched Father Ted. Obviously, it's you know what that is? Well, yeah, you mentioned this to me, and I was like, only thinking about it. That is so many white boys' personality on Tinder. Oh my god! Yeah, it'll be them outside the house with some fucking quote, and you're, you're just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. yeah, funny. But yeah, I've just it probably is funny. I've just never actually sat down and like watched it by choice. It's just like been on. Do you know, like it might yeah. be on. But, I uh, yeah, I've never watched it. Not only would I give my former self advice, I'd give her a spicy piece of information that she would think is a lie. Oh? I would tell her, Lisa, when you grow up, you're going to fancy the whole off Rebecca Black from that Friday song. Because <laughs> she's a red and she's a queer she icon. She is now, yeah. Doesn't she have blue hair? She dyed it today. She posted a new oh, picture up she? today. Oh, did she? Oh, did you follow her? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed <laughs> with Rebecca Black. Rebecca. Oh, stop. I was no, listening to her there when I was cool. cooking my, uh, my cooking my korma, singing along. She has a new song this week, actually, that she released called Girlfriend. Spicy. I'll put a link down in the owl comments because, oh, good little bop. Fun. It's like a fun summary vibe. And she's so cool. Oh, stop. I'll stop talking about Rebecca Black. But I would I never actually have really that. enjoyed Friday. Like, another unashamedly enjoyed thing. I liked it. It was ridiculous, yeah. but it was fun. Yeah, exactly. That's why we kind of love everything that we love from here. Do you know, I don't think like loads of 13-year-olds went around loving serious things. No. I just like, even now, I kind of wonder, I look back, and I'm like, what were other 13-year-olds doing when I was like, just caring about the Jonas Brothers and going to Girl Guides on a fucking Monday night? Like, what what did other people do? They were crying at youth clubs, sitting in like dark rooms, trying to touch each other's legs. Not in a sexual <laughs> way, just because they wanted to feel something, you know? 
<laughs> smoking around the back of daybreak. <laughs> they were pretending that they didn't want to go on bouncy castles at social outings when really oh everyone my wants to go on bouncy castles. Absolutely dying. Uh, so based off that, I was watching a show that feels like it should be a guilty pleasure, but I don't hold guilt in my heart and I'm not going to call it that. It's brand new, actually. It only came out uh, like Wednesday, Thursday this week. And it's called Firefly Lane. Have you seen the ad for it or anything? It's um, it's one of those things that comes up on my Netflix as recommended, but I haven't even watched the trailer thing yet. Trailer thing. Yeah, so it's Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk, and it follows their friendship from when they first meet when they're teenagers, and then it like jumps to the start of their career, and again to 2003. So it's like across all these different times, and they're all like basically learning about each other and being pals. Basically, I saw the trailer for it and it just looked like the kind of thing that I would want to Netflix party some of my friends from home with and have a bottle of wine over. Uh, and it, it also feels like something that would be very, like, watch with your mom friendly. I sent, okay. it to my, I sent it to my sister and I was like, you and mom should watch this because it's actually kind of cute. Like, the ca- like, it's kind of fun and it's nice to watch women do things and be the centre of attention. Like, however much, like, some parts of their lives are about their relationships with men it just feels like it's actually about their relationship, not, like, their relationship is always the centre. It's not, like... Yeah. So I thought that was really, really nice. Um, And the casting of the younger versions of them is actually spot on. It's so much fun to watch because you're like, oh, oh my, my God, God, you're doing the same weird thing with your arms. Um, So it is so cheesy. Like, it's super cheesy. And some of the script bits, you're like, huh? But, like, sometimes you're just <laughs> in the mood for, like, a glass of wine and the cheesiest cheese toasty. And this is my cheese toasty this week. Yeah. <laughs> actually... Um, Speaking of like cheesy stuff on Netflix, I hadn't got this written down to talk about, but you just have to remind me. I started watching Dawson's Creek oh. on Netflix. Now this is like a really old show, but I just I had never watched it somehow. And yeah, I've also like, never my watched ritual. it. Oh, yeah, I... I don't know how I missed it. I but I'm watching it every day when I'm having my lunch now. The episodes are really short. I think they're only like, like forty minutes or something. But wild. Do you ever just like? have actors that you quite like but you don't really know where they come out of you've just seen them in a few things yeah michelle williams and katie holmes are like the two main girls in it and they're like teenagers they are so young and you're like what this is where they came from i love that for you escape psychology katie holmes yeah yeah oh (laughs) my god she is so pretty and i'm like oh you're everything i want to look like when i was a teenager but it's yeah it's just kind of you know cringy teen high school drama they all fancy each other what's new yeah what's new like it's proper like actually as well speaking of the like joy of turning 25 i was watching it i was like oh, i wonder when this is from i was like it's, it's proper like 90s because those girls are in it and they're really young i look it up it only stopped airing in 2003 and i was like what but then i was like 2003 is 20 plus years ago don't we're not talking about that no no goodbye i'm not gonna be here for this I was like, how, how is 23, or how is 2003, almost 20 years ago? I was no. like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ali, we can't become a podcast where we're only 25 and sit around and complain about years passing. We should be out there living our lives. We're not. We're, we're going to be having gonna the stoop. crack till we're 100. We're literally not going to stoop to the level of women who are 40 who can't believe they're 40 just talking about how they can't believe they're 40. Do you know? That's a trope. And 21 plus 20. <laughs> oh my God. Like the actual hack. Speaking of, of men who are hot, I'm sorry no, if you're, you're finally gone back and, and I've watched UK Drag Race and I'm over fully the age of 21. <laughs> I've realised that I was 100 percent wrong. Men are allowed to be hot and old. So are girls. Get over it. Because this is chaotic and it's the most fun I've had in a long time. <laughs> it seems like carnage. I need to watch it. I just like, know it'll be so much. I think, yeah, it's just it's it's the kind of quality level I feel I will enjoy a lot more. Yes, that's the thing, right? Like, they are all just kind of normal lads who all, like, have real jobs, it feels like, on the side, who are doing this because they really love it. And it feels so messy. Like, the style isn't, like, as as bougie and, like, none of the jokes are as funny. But because they're not funny, yeah. it's funnier. It's just so perfect. Um, yeah. It, like, the US version does not hold a candle to the UK version. And part of that but is But I feel like there's far less people this side of the pond who are, like, professional drag queens like yeah. everyone has a side job here 
there's very few who have the privilege of just being a drag queen so that that makes it more fun the fact yeah. that they're more relatable and also like it does literally feel like they went around and picked the most mental people off the street like <laughs> It is wild. Some of them are nutters. But um, the best thing about it is, right, we all know that the worst thing about RuPaul's drag race is RuPaul. 100%. And <laughs> because he doesn't understand any of the bloody jokes about UK culture, it's so fantastic. Because he can't get a word in edgeways and he's not funny. So all of the funniness <laughs> has to fall on the queens being chaotic and brilliant. Um, I have two favourites at the moment, right? Lawrence Cheney, who is a Scottish Lawrence drag queen, <laughs> and Ginny Lemon, who is hilarious, right? They did like Great one names. of the challenges recently was um like doing a reveal of like a costume reveal on the runway, and uh, Ginny Lemon got to the end of the runway and did the reveal and then just went, it's the same dress, and then they turned <laughs> around and it was the exact same dress, but there was a hole where her her arse was and then like, <laughs> this great quote like that. give the judges a look at my big hairy ass and it is so good <laughs> like it is wild somebody did a dress up like challenge and they had to go as queer icons and someone went as alan Turing and just stood there pretending to talk yeah. it was so good <laughs> right, that like, is so there's no way I can describe to you how mad this is. I thought it would just be like another way to, for me to enjoy drag race, but it's better. Uh, but yet not only that, like the looseness is great, but because of the looseness of it, it allows for like really, really poignant and quite sweet conversations to arise. Like um, last week, Jimmy yeah. Lemon and Bimini had a great chat about like being non-binary and like talking about that quite publicly. And it's just like not something you see on on british tv so it was really really not only exciting yeah. but adorable um and i loved it there's a gas tiktok on that i think maybe i sent it to you i can't remember but it was just talking about the u.s drag race and it was like do you know when they're all getting into their makeup and they're having the chats at the mirror and it was someone doing an impression of them and it was so bang on it was like so what do your parents think of you doing drag and they're like oh my parents are yes. cool with it. then the next person is like um, yeah, my parents are dead. Weird at first, but now they're used to it. And then the next one is, my parents were eaten by wolves, and they're all like. <gasps> <laughs> but yeah, if anyone is watching UK Drag Race, please hit me up with your favourites. I cannot bloody wait for next week already. I'm hyped. Um, cannot bloody wait. There's so much good television actually coming out this week. There's two shows that I'm really really hyped for. Strip Down, Rise Up. Have you heard about this? No, I thought you were talking about the Lean Pain song there for a second. No. Shut that down. <laughs> oh, no, no. Not <laughs> what Lean a bad, Pain. What a bad song. <laughs> this is a, a new Netflix documentary about like pole dancing and pole fitness that tells the story of this like group of really different people who are like coming together to do pole for different reasons. And I'm like, this could be really cute and interesting. Mm. Uh, so that's coming out on Netflix this week. And then as well as that, for people who are sluts for true crime, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel is also coming out. Um, to be honest, loads of people were buzzed for the Night Stalker documentary. And I don't know, it just wasn't for me. The way it was done was a bit... I I don't know, maybe it's... I don't know what it was about it, but there was something missing. Whereas I There was like too much. much. There was just too much going on in it. I watched the first two, I think and it just didn't grab you there wasn't a enough sort of cliffhangery moments and stuff and like i know like they're real stories and it's real people's stories but at the same time you do want it to grab your attention and it just didn't it could have been a lot better it's it's i feel like the interviews were a bit sterile that was my thought they were uh it they, just they, didn't feel like the edit was bad i feel like it could have been more condensed yeah well, this is a really cool... Have you Do you know much about the Cecil Hotel? No. Is this the Haunted Hotel in LA? Am uh, I right? Yes. No. So it's in LA, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Now, there's lots of weird, different, like, tragic, murderous, supernatural stuff that went on there. So, like, yeah. the Black Dahlia was there before she was murdered. The Night Stalker stayed there. Um, but the focus for this particular show is um, one of the more recent... Um, tragedies that happened there were who um, there was like this woman called Elisa Lamb who was found dead in the water tank on the roof 
in really oh like God. suspicious circumstances having been filmed behaving erratically in the hotel elevator so i think that is the basis of this particular series also this is so random right when i was doing my research on this i just looked it up and u2 came up and i was like what u2's music video for uh, where the streets have no name is filmed on a liquor store on the same corner as the Cecil Hotel. So it's the backdrop oh, no for the music video. So if anyone is interested in old YouTube music videos and murder, much like myself. Uh, I saw a TikTok about this hotel. That's the only reason I'm aware of it. Where oh, someone who like lives across the road from it takes videos in the windows of the hotel and um, just sees some kind of spooky shit. It's basically in a very, very dodgy area. And because of that, yeah. like it's all, it's like known for being a place where you go if you're having an affair in LA or like committing something dodgy and need to hide. Um, so it's not really surprising that it does have this reputation. But I don't know, there's just something really interesting to me about buildings that have history that like no matter what they try and do, like they renamed the hotel and everything and they're trying to like rebrand it a little bit. But I think part of its draw is how horrible and ominous it all is. But... Mm. I just I'm very curious to see what they do I desperately hope it was better than the Night Stalker documentary because god help us if it's like that one yeah I feel like we're really lacking a good true crime documentary at the minute a lot of the ones Netflix are bringing out I'm watching maybe like the first three or four episodes but then I'm just not interested anymore yeah it's because people don't commit murders the work they used to you know (laughs) (laughs) but even just the way they're being like compiled they're not from like an investigative point of view like they're not as interesting like the last one that I really really loved was what was it called it was like the two women who were literally students of this teacher was she a nun or something who oh was killed yes and, and they went looking because was something was it sister Kathy something dodgy I think I know the one is about like nuns and priests yeah I'm gonna look it up I actually haven't watched that one. I haven't watched a good true crime documentary in a long time. And I think part of it is because I'm actually listening to a lot of really good true crime podcasts. And that fills my void. The Keepers. That was the last. That is brilliant. That is like one of the best like documentary series I've ever watched. There's just so many twists and you're like, what the fuck? And there's so much like cover ups. And of course, all of the dodgy people involved in this like church side of things are Irish that's like, why I think I didn't watch it I think it was too close to home you know mm. like too dodgy it's really good though yeah I want something on that level there just hasn't yeah. been one in a while Netflix so, please come on you're winning so many awards hoping. in other categories we should have a Netflix party of the first episode oh my god we should it's so good but um, what is your feed food for the week before I let you go I have feed food in the form of an app. Is this the first app we've done? I think it is the first app we've done. So shout out to a friend of the podcast, Pork McLean, for demanding that I download this app. Very signature Pork McLean making demands. (laughs) Very Pork McLean. (laughs) Never change, sis. It's called Letterboxd. So like a letterbox, but with a D at the end. And it's basically like Goodreads, but for movies. And you can like add people on it and stuff. So you can add all your friends. And when you watch a movie, you can log when you've watched it like a diary and rate it or like write what you thought if you wanted to. And then it sort of shares it on like a little bit of a timeline kind of thing. You can also log what your favorite movies are. And it kind of does like Goodreads does. It will recommend things for you. It will show you the things that your friends are rating so do you know like if you if you have a friend who you've particularly similar taste to in things you yeah. can look at what they've been watching and how they've rated it and it might give you an idea of something you might want to watch that you can then talk about with them do you know um, it's great that yeah, they it's offer basically suggestions. A social media the suggestions yeah it's really cool the thing for me because i am one of those people who's like oh i really want to watch a movie and then spends like 80 minutes watching trailers and then is tired and wants to go to bed and then watches something that you've already seen <laughs> Oh no, I just straight up give up. It's bad. <laughs> oh no, I will be, I will go on the Netflix homepage. I will maybe watch a couple of like, do you know the little trader things that just sort of automatically play? And then I will inevitably go and watch something that I have already watched. So like it's an app you download on your phone? Or is it like yeah, a computer see, application thing? 
you can probably download it elsewhere, but I just have it downloaded on my phone. And nice. I only have one friend on it, and that is Porik. So if anyone else has Letterboxd and wants to be friends with me, I am at Fizzy Alley. Let's be friends. I must <laughs> actually download this and start using it, because I love a good movie, so I do. Uh, my feed food this week is a Twitter account that posts photos of really sweet things. It's called... Like frogs? No. <laughs> no, it's not a frog <laughs> account, I'm sorry. It's called... <laughs> A daily cloud, uh, and I know loads. Is of this where have... they draw on clouds and make them into things? Yes, it's this artist called Chris Judge who is yes. fantastic. I bought one of his prints for a Christmas present, and I'm obsessed with it. Oh. But every day, Chris um, takes a beautiful picture of a cloud and draws an illustration over it, inspired by the shape. And it's just really wholesome and cute. Yeah. And some of them are fun and angry, and some of them look like aliens. The one I have in my house is a dog. Um, there's loads of fun ones. So it's just really nice. I think there's loads of people on the timeline moaning and complaining about how dark it is all the time, which is totally fair. But this brightens me up every morning. So I would definitely give them a follow. It's called a daily underscore cloud. And the artist is Chris Judge. I regularly see his work retweeted onto my timeline. And you ever get something that makes you so, um, is angry the word? It's probably angry that you didn't think of doing something first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is such it's a simple, always... lovely idea and and we could have did it. Do you know and what? we didn't. <laughs> For me, it's always like the wholesome ideas, like fun kids theatre and stuff. I'm always like... I'm a really nice, cute person. I could have done something this cute if only I fucking tried. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so bitter I, about people being really good at being wholesome. I'm like... Oh. I Yeah, I just do be raging any time I see his work on my timeline because I'm like, oh, fuck you. It's, it's so cool and so good and so yeah. universally lovely that anyone would love it. Yeah, you, can get, a, get, there you first. can get his art for your nanny or you could get his art for your cousin who's a bit of a demon or like it's literally anyone it's so pretty um and also they give for like i know this is like a really weird thing but they give uh frame suggestions when you buy something from chris judge's shop and they're all like cheap ikea frames so it's super handy if you are the kind of person who's buying art for someone and you wouldn't know about framing or sizing they give all the exact specs and they show what the what they look like in the frame so it's super useful if you are buying art Oh, we love that. Well, lads, that's all we have for you this week. Um, sorry if the edit is a little bit all over the gap. We've been having technical difficulties for the past hour. <laughs> Fuck the internet in this country, Move lads. to Dublin, they said. There'll be better internet up there, they said. They lied. They fucking lied. <laughs> it's so bad today. But It's so no. bad. Um, oh, don't forget that next week we have a very um, exciting episode. Oh, yeah. That's going to be an anti-Valentine's Day. Uh, we won't tell you any more than that because we don't want any spoilers. <laughs> but trust us, it's going to be fun. It, yeah, it's going to be very fun. <laughs> we, we might have a couple of guests prepared. Um, and we are going to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking. That I'm going to get so ominous. Pink. I'm going to buy one of those pink ass Prosecco things and I'm going to get twisted for the next episode. I'm going to get a bottle of Dada red wine. Oh, treat yourself. She's on the red. And I'm also off now to make myself a load of dumplings. I just bought dumplings in the Asian market and I'm literally, I've been thinking about them for the past hour. So anytime you've heard me have brain farts this past hour, it's me thinking about dumplings. Yeah, Ariana yeah, yeah, Grande yeah, 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 was yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. You weren't busy thinking about boys. Isn't that her that sings that? I was oh, no, busy. Charlie no, it's Charlie XCX. <laughs> Charlie XCX should have been thinking about dumplings. I was busy thinking about dumplings. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's enough from us for this week. But give us a cheeky little follow over we on have a Instagram. Now. Yeah, we have TikTok. And we're actually, lads, not going to lie put a lot of effort into those TikToks that are gone up. So go give us a cheeky watch. We're trying to be viral. <laughs> We're hip with the kids, we promise. 
we have a whole like 25 views on one of them we woo yeah do check it out and give us a follow because we will be updating it with content that we think will be interesting based on the stuff we talk about on the podcast (laughs) what a sentence (laughs) woo i have actually lost my mind i'm gonna go and have a can so we're gonna wrap this up so you can have dumplings and i can have a can well we will chat to you next week see ya have a fun week and yeah definitely come back next week because we have a spicy episode bring on the (laughs) white jay white horse white race white horse hi bitch hi bitch hi bitch hi bitch i do not sniff it the brolly